Welcome to the Small Business Sessions from Enterprise Nation, powered by Zero. We're a podcast packed with inspiration from entrepreneurs who've been there and done it, and advice from experts on the topics you need to know to start and grow a brilliant business. Head to enterprisenation.com forward slash podcast for more information, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Well, welcome to the Small Business Sessions from Enterprise Nation, powered by Zero. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. My name is Dan Martin. I'm Head of Content at Enterprise Nation. And this week, we're focused on late payment, which is a super important issue that I'm sure lots of you are dealing with. And I'm delighted to say, to discuss the issue, we're joined by Paul Apple, the Small Business Commissioner, and Rob Drake from Brave Spark. Welcome to both of you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Um, now, Paul, you regular listeners of the Small Business Sessions will have heard you on Series 3 um, on, a, on an episode where you were talking about your work, but we thought it'd be good to bring you back because it's about a year on. So just to start with, do you just want to briefly outline what, what is your role as the Small Business Commissioner? So the statutory remit of our office, the Office of the Small Business Commissioner, is to help small businesses around the issue of late, slow, non-payment. What do we define a small business as? It's 50, five, zero employees and less. And to keep the spotlight on this as an issue, it's something that when you start off your own small business, nobody really tells you about it. It's something, it's a bit like uh, finding out the tooth fairy doesn't exist and Santa Claus. It's uh, Mm. businesses don't always (laughs) tell you the truth in terms of being paid and when you're going to get paid. And the uncertainty around that is hugely detrimental to business growth. If you're a small business, I used to remind business, I said before, for about 20 years, it's it's the biggest break on, on, on growth because unpredictable cash flow will not make you take on staff, look at increasing turnover. It completely changes your business perspective. And Rob, bringing you in now, do you want to just briefly outline outline what you do and if you've had any issues with, with late payment? Yeah, sure. So um, BraceSpark, we're a, we're a content agency based just up the road from here, actually, in, in Bio Street in London. So we create everything from TV commercials through to online and, and VR content. But what that means is that when we win a piece of work, we have some quite large upfront payments that we have to f- uh, finance ourselves because we'll be putting together a film crew, perhaps uh, flying that team out somewhere somewhere exotic or not from uh, from South Africa to South End, who knows? <laughs> um, but what that means is there's usually quite a large upfront payment. So when we start to have late payments, that causes huge issues with cash flow. Traditionally, the way that we structure our payment schedules are that we would have a certain percentage of the amount of the value upfront so that we can use that to fund through. And we typically say that has to happen before the shoot day itself so that we can make sure that we're not too far behind with our own payments to our suppliers. But uh, if that happens perhaps not as much as you'd want and you end up the day before the shoot on the phone the client sometimes saying that you've really got to pay us and put in a position where you, everybody's in this this awkward awkward state mm. Do you, so are you good at chasing then i think we're perhaps good chasers maybe we're not good receivers in a way so we're, we're pretty good actually now and we've learned we're, we're in our we're about to go into our 10th year so september's our, our ninth birthday which is great um, i was expecting a cake so, sorry, you guys sorry, sorry. Have let me down there. People can't see. There's a cake. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, but no. Um, so we're about to go into our tenth year. So I'd I'd say that we've we've learned the hard way a few times mm-hmm. that you need to be very rigid with what you put together in in terms of a scope of work at the beginning. Uh, any penalties or interest that will be incurred if there is a late payment, a proper payment schedule, but you know, you can put it down, people can sign it. That doesn't mean that people then, that gets trickled down to the accounts department and whoever else. So yeah, like I say, we're good chasers, perhaps not that good at receiving it. Right. Yeah. Well, um, Paul, Rob said he's a good chaser, but generally a business, you, you find that 
we've talked about this before some businesses are just scared to chase mm. particularly when it's the big the big guys because they don't want to lose it well that's generally where we tend to get involved if you're a small business vis-a-vis -a, -vis a large business we're a free service and we always stress that as well and i think just to update you from figures as well uh, since we spent last year We've about we've managed to recoup just under five and a quarter million for for small businesses in terms of invoices. Either they would not have got paid or would have got paid pretty darn late. So what we do sort of we have some advice tips on our website as well. I encourage anybody to sort of look at that. It is the fundamentals, as Rob's alluded to there. You have to make sure that you do everything, jump through the hoops and chase it. But what I would say is even if you feel uncomfortable in terms of, you know, sort of pushing the boundaries on that, one thing we are finding, and this may be maybe the most useful thing we can talk about today, is what we found in the last three months that anecdotally we're finding people and um, small business are just saying they've used they've been in touch with us. I mean, that may be the fact that you click on a mouse and you just go to our website. But look, you know, it, we find, dare I say, it helps you get paid. It expedites the whole process. Certainly, we found through our interaction, although there is some changes coming down the track in terms of expansion of our remit, expansion of powers, the only power we have at the moment is to actually write a report. We've written, um, I think, just about uh, four reports now yeah. in terms of, of sub uh, substantive businesses in terms of the, our experience of, of their payment practice. Now, that can put the spotlight on the large business for, for a short while, but it's about keeping that pressure up. So. I guess in a way to answer the question, we can take some of that stress and some of that anxiety away from the small business in relation to, you know, any concerns it's got. You can complain to us anonymously. Um, we do recommend people do it because it's good for us, if nothing else, just to get an idea of the current picture, the intelligence around this as well. But look, I'm not going to soft soap. It is a very difficult conversation to have sometimes. And um, But look, my, my view on this is, and what we say is, it's not just an ethical view here. This, there's an ec economic win for everybody involved. You know, if you're a small business, as you know, Rob's talked about his business experience there, invariably you're part of the innovation in terms of the supply chain. And, you know, it should be a collaborative approach going forward on this. And it's a win-win for everybody involved. Sometimes it's just the messaging around that, which can be difficult. Look, if you've got a large business which ultimately hasn't got the money, that's a different situation. Yeah. Uh, what we're really focusing on is where this mindset of it's our cash, let's sit on it and let's make the small folks sweat yeah. over this, which has huge implications on business growth and also on mental health as well. Yeah, that's something I want to talk about later. But on your reports, I think your reports are brilliant. You know, as, as a journalist that writes about these stuff, we love that kind of stuff when it's particularly it's about the big ones. And one of the ones that stood out and got a lot of attention was Holland and Barrett, mm. who, who um, you said potentially doesn't care about its suppliers mm. and has a culture of purposely paying late, which is quite strong, strong words about, about a business there. And do you want to talk about that? Because they basically weren't very responsive, were they? Well, they, they, uh, well, when you say not responsive, as in not responsive at all, right. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's uh, yeah. beat about the bush. Just uh, while we have clarity here, folks, there is no cake in the room. So let's burst that bubble. Sorry about that, Rob. There is, even though this is going. I know, I know. I share your pain on that. Not even a candle, but there we go. Let's let's shine the light back on Holland and Barrett anyway. So yeah, we had no interaction with them whatsoever, and we did quite a bit of publicity um, on the morning when when we had issued the report. Um, it was uh, covered in a couple of the broadsheets. There was radio, there was some TV around this as well. But what really seemed to change the dynamic here 
and worse from about lunchtime onwards a lot of stuff coming through on social media particularly around this whole idea that Holland and Barrett do give out quite a lot of virtue signaling about obviously their products and, and the ethical aspects of that and well-being but uh, what we could see from just online traffic was that lots of people saying shopped at Holland and Barrett for years will not do that in the future and then it completely changed the whole conversation because we had an email in from their chairman who said look I'll fly in from Chicago we're just investigate what's gone on here. So you can just see a complete vault fast in terms of that perspective to having no communication. Probably, I guess, Holland, I don't know, look, whatever Holland Barrett's thinking was, but it completely turned around. And they're working with us now just to try and, if we can see, if we can actually get to a better place on this and make sure that actually they're actually, you know, speeding up that whole process in terms of their supply chain. We've got a follow-up visit, which is in the diary, scheduled, and we're just going to follow through on some of the conversations we've had them about what they're doing to redress some of these issues. Where do you think the top of that chain naturally starts? Is it always with big business? Because obviously when I was looking through the, one of the, the government reports um, akin to this uh, that was published over the summer, and it, it said that actually one of the knock-on effects for small businesses when their client doesn't pay them on time is that they then, I think it was the second the second biggest impact was then they didn't play their suppliers. Yeah, yeah. And that presumably then just knocks down the entire way down. It's contagion, isn't it, really? And uh, nobody goes, you know, and let, look, let's be really brutally honest as well. It does happen from small business to small business as well. You know, it's, it's, it's quite prevalent there as well. But I think the view is let's start from large vis-a-vis small first because that's where the contagion yeah. really is quite toxic. Well, I'll hold my hands up. It happens with us. There's been occasions we've, we've had to prioritise paying our staff, pay, paying our, you know, our, our rent and whatever else, and then our paying some of our suppliers has had to become a secondary yeah. cash flow issue. You have yeah. to wait another few days. You have to say, I'm, I'm really sorry, sorry, the client hasn't paid us yet, because you've got to look after your team. Really, yeah. And it sounds awful, but that's unfortunately that's the, that's the knock-on effect of that. Um, and it's very difficult to, to navigate a way through that. And, and and what do you do? Do you do you then take out a loan and pay a high interest yeah. against that? And then you then you that's creating issues in a month, in in two months. So conversely on that, it's you know poor payment practice. You've talked about the knock on effect. Inversely, if you paid promptly, that would spread as well. So it's yeah. that not you know Absolutely. it's it is completely you know there's it can it's just the mindset that needs to change it. It can be a win for everybody involved rather than being it's so detrimental. Uh, Rob, when you have chased without naming the names of the businesses, unless you really want to, are you, do you find that the big ones are they once you tell them are they they're very receptive or are they a bit like initially like Holland and Barrett were? Um, I think first of all, just just depending on who's listening um most of our clients are really good at paying and are very understanding and and follow exactly what we need to do i think where we struggle is sometimes getting hold of the right person within that business to talk to Mm -hmm. so traditionally we have a client and then they they will then outsource that to their uh, accounts department who will run all those bits and pieces and that's who you really need to get on the on the phone to um because the clients we actually work with on a day-to-day are really really lovely and but they don't have the no, they're not the ones that, that press send mm. on, on, on the payments. So traditionally, that's where we, 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 we have struggled. Um, I would say that probably 25% to a third of all of our invoices are probably paid a bit late, you know, but that's within 10 to 20 days. Well, I mean, we've got one outstanding invoice. I think it's four to five months late now for a considerable amount of money. And we, all, as a business, almost have sort of 
had to give up on seeing that anytime soon mm. without actually starting to get into legal legal steps, which probably might have to be the thing next. And we've been promised it every every month we get a new date that it's mm. going to get paid. Well, maybe maybe Paul. I might have to grab it. Well, the first question: <laughs> How big is the business? Is it more than fifty employees? Would you say fifty? Fifty five zero. No, it's no, not. That's okay. the problem. So most this is actually where it's become interesting. Is we're here sit, talking about big big companies, and and traditionally we don't work with that many small companies, but actually that's probably where we we made a mistake is maybe not doing the the fact checks in the first place and actually looking into that because we're used to working with some some bigger companies where it's, it's they you know they're blue chip and we we take that it's mm. it's it, that they're triple a and it's all going to be fine mm. and then at this one it was uh yeah there's a little bit more of a mistake so yeah it's difficult isn't it when you get to that situation under statute where are you supposed to help if it's small vis-a-vis large and large is 50 plus I think off air, we, I'm sure happy to sort of give you card and detail. Let's I'll buy the cake. <laughs> a beautiful relationship, I feel, it started there. Well, you've, you've touched on powers and uh, that you have, Paul, uh, just there. And there's since we got, since you were on last time, which is sort of why we wanted to bring you back. I remember writing about you being announced, and I thought it myself. As soon as it was announced you had, you had the job, people were immediately like, can you find people? It was an immediate <laughs> question. So the government has proposed powers to let you find so do you want to talk a bit about that? Well, okay, let's put, get horse before carts or work. Uh, they are proposing a consultation. True, that's true. To look at this, should we have the power to fine? Um, so, you know, look, I uh, cannot proffer any opinion on that. <laughs> I will let your listeners, when the consultation is launched, probably just, just make them aware that it, this has been launched and government is seeking small businesses for you. I would encourage small businesses to be involved with that. Otherwise, you just tend to get the normal runners and riders on this stuff. There are other bodies which do have the power to fight. It doesn't necessarily mean they exercise it, but I'd put it this way. It certainly focuses people's minds uh, in terms of just this as an issue and keeps the spotlight on it. There were additional discussions as well that we should have the uh, um, a power to dis- uh, compel large companies to provide us with information on the basis that we may have intelligence, just that a certain large business is a poor payer. We want maybe just want to have a look at, probably I would guess, contractual terms. What are they offering and that kind of stuff. So it is actually broadening it, it out because at the minute, the way the organisation is set up, we're very much reliant on an SME approaching us. And do they have the time, the will, uh, the anxiety about having, you know, threatening the commercial relationship that they have there. So there's all that kind of stresses and strain. I would like to see for, you know, in terms of the consultation, anything that makes the whole process of running a small business easier for SMEs. And we can help from that perspective. I see that as the direction of travel that I'd like to see our office go. Almost and that they don't need us to be involved, that we just did a at a, a, an aerial level, we're, we're kind of just doing this stuff and just taking the stress away from mm. I mean, Emma said on the last episode, it's almost like you're, you want to lose your job, really, don't you? Ultimately, you <laughs> want to solve this problem and <laughs> you're not needed. But uh, um, that one thing that has come in, though, isn't it, is the um, businesses, big businesses could lose public sector contracts yeah. um, if, if, if late payment is a bit. Do you want to go into that? I think fundamentally, since we've spoke last year, there's just a lot more focus on this uh, cross party. So I think all the parties seem to be on the same space here and the same view on this, that, you know, this is a longstanding problem. We've paid, you know, we've spoken about it, made lots of nice warm words, but we haven't really made any progress on this. So uh, I think, you know, sort of just in terms of uh, the whole discussion and the whole narrative around this, 
has then fed into the whole idea of government contracts. And government has got to lead by example. So uh, new directives come in from cabinet office that any, I think any uh, contract, government contract over five million pounds, there will be certain stipulations around that in terms of are you paying your supply chain on time? And then subsequently, is that being pushed down? Because one of the problems was if you get that big juicy contract, you know, a government could quite easily say, look, we've paid the, you know, we've paid this large business, um, but then not following through and seeing. So often the problem seems to be with two, two, threes and fours, that they may get government money, the large business, but then those guys would be on 90, 120 days, 150 days, whatever. So in essence, it's, you're, not, you're almost a cash flow business, and you could probably talk about Carillion from that perspective, that most Carillion of all of its business models, what was it doing? It was a cash flow business. It was taking fundamentally our money, sitting on it, and not not seeing that push down the supply chain. So I think as part of that and the whole narrative around this, keeping the spotlight on this, I really welcome this as an initiative to actually just push forward to make sure that if you're going to get government money, we want to see prompt payment and that you're pushing that down to everybody in your supply chain. Definitely keep an eye on that one. Rob, I think you can have an opinion on fines. What are your thoughts on Paul being able to fine big businesses that don't pay on time? Do you think that would help? I mean, yeah, I'm sure it, I'm sure it would. And I think I... I absolutely welcome um this new legislation or this new rule i think it's it's a really it's really strong i was reading about it beforehand and i think it's going to make a a big impact but for me i just want i wonder how much of this is done around cash flow and and how much of it is is done for for other reasons at all like you talk about carillion and i think that was a really good example where you you labeled it as a cash flow business that from everything i've read that seemed to be exactly what happened towards the end um, and that I, say, I, I suspect that a, a model that introduces fines on that will mean that that financial model just doesn't work anymore, um, which which can only be a good thing. Um, however, you know, a lot of other businesses that isn't how they structure their uh, they, their kind of their business models. So I, I would say that whilst fines are definitely going to help, it's is what's the next step after that? Um, and I wonder whether that's something that actually can be can be regulated or it's something that actually we as small SMB owners we need to kind of be better I, I guess briefed from the start I've learned what to do over the last nine years purely by intuition and failing multiple times so I, I wonder if there's a there's more we can do on an education point of view for, for SMB owners um, but I'm sure that's in your plans it's not yeah exactly we'll get on to that in a minute we'll briefly end with tips but you, you raised it earlier, Paul, and about the mental health impact. And in fact, Zero did a, did a report on late payment uh, where they, there was a, a, uh, some stats on the impact on the sort of mental health uh, well-being of the business owner, which hasn't really been talked about in much detail. Is that something you find from business owners that you talk to, that, it's that that's the impact as well as the, the financial impact? Massive, because, look, you know, nobody re- it's quite lonely running your own small business as well. I, I was really lucky when I started off. I had this huge support network, you know, this East African extended seat family to support me. Um, and, you know, not everybody's going to have that. Let's be, let's, and when you're facing this kind of issue around late payment, so often I think for small businesses, they can personalize it and almost see it's something that they're doing that's wrong. And one thing I've noticed uh, in my job, when I go up and down the country and you actually get a bunch of small businesses in a, in a format together, whatever format, and they start talking to it, you actually see how much stuff they've actually got in common. So actually I thought that was peculiar to me, but actually, no, it's quite widespread in terms. 
And that, I think, just feeds the whole issue around mental health as well, because nobody goes into business to do this stuff, right? I've yet to meet somebody who started their own small business because they wanted to do their VAT returns every three months <laughs> or, you know, actually embraces chasing somebody <laughs> and berating them around like fame. No, you do it because you love it, right? You do the stuff that you enjoy. And and this is stuff that just totally detracts from that. And I'm convinced, actually, the government goes on a lot about this, about the productivity gap. I'm convinced this is it. If you're a business, and it meets so many SMEs, I put two or three hours a day or one week out of a month chasing payment, you know, whereas you should actually be just chasing business and doing the stuff you love and you enjoy. Simple yeah, as. Absolutely. And, and, and also then being able to invest that back into absolutely. your business as well. And it completely changes your business perspective. Yeah, and, business, and, and it is really, it's as fundamental as that. The way you go in on, on a Monday morning and your whole view on what do I want to do this week or this month or where do we want to be in six months, if the first thing in your mind is, oh, geez, Louise, I've got to pick up a phone and, and check, you know, just get some guidance on that. It's not a great way to start no, the, the whole, absolutely. you know, and it completely changes the way you view, and to the point where probably if you're continuing, I think, well, do I need to sell this? Do I need to get out? Yeah. Rather than do I need to grow it? Do I need to take on stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, you know, running a business is, is hard. Like, it's a hard thing to keep doing every single day. Every day, every morning you have to go in think I've got, I've got this this team I have to kind of inspire and 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 you know send out to do the stuff that we need to do you've got to worry about new business you've got to worry about where where are we going to where are we going to grow where are we where are we not succeeding it's it's difficult it's not something that that's that's easy and then when you have someone not pay you on time um basically what you're saying when you don't pay me on time is can you lend me this money interest-free? That's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. You're doing the work and, yeah. and, and, and not being paid for it. So your work is, is supplementing someone else's business interest-free. And that's, that's just not good enough. Exactly. Um, so just to end, Paul, on some sort of practical stuff, what, what are your general tips for what, how businesses can, other than contact you, obviously, on how, can, how can they can deal with this situation? So, look, there are some guidance notes, as sort of alluded to on the website, but it is if you can get the obvious stuff, Get a human contact if you can, rather than just sending a generic email at somebody. It's much better if you can pin it on an individual. What sometimes happens is, if, and if you are deliberately getting messed around, obviously feel free to use our service, as I say, we, we are free. Uh, but keep going on it, be persistent. You know, so many times I think, you know, we mentioned about five and a quarter million we've got for, for SMEs. So many times that I'd written this off. That's, you know, I, I, but I'm coming to you as a last resort. But if, you know, let us take some of that weight off. One of the anecdotes I will share with you, which is, you know, quite what I really enjoy about the job. I, I remember particularly one guy before last Christmas who fundamentally came to us and he was just under the threshold, quite, quite a substantive business. They employed 50 people. And he said, look, I, I don't think you can do anything for me, but this is going to cost me my, I'm going to have to lay everybody off after, just before Christmas. It'll cost me my house and it'll cost me my marriage. And by Wednesday, we got the guy paid. Now, the conversation on Wednesday, as opposed to that initial conversation, was a completely different conversation. Mm -hmm. But yeah, please do use us if you, if you feel that you're between a rock and a hard place. Fantastic. Well, Paul, if we get you back in a year's time, <laughs> millions more recovered, possibly fines. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, um, Rob and Paul, thank you so much for joining thank us you. on the Small thank Business you. Sessions. Thank you. 
You've been listening to the Small Business Sessions for Enterprise Nation, powered by Zero. For more information, visit enterprisenation.com forward slash podcast. And big thanks to podcast production company PodRaffi for producing this podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time.